It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the last minute. That right there is a lot of Welcome back to the Basement Fellow Music Lovers. You are now tuning in yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I'm just Kevin, as usual. Thank you for choosing to spend a little more time with us again this week. Uh, we're going to reward that with a pretty sweet interview, a fantastic interview, if you will. Johnny Fantastic, one half of the band Stronger Sex, who just put out their de- debut in quotes. Uh, it is, I believe, their first full length, but they have been kicking around here forever. Uh, Johnny Fantastic and Leah Gage, who's been down here uh, talking about her band Brenda. Uh, they teamed up a little while ago as this uh, this band has formulated, gone through some different iterations over the years, and uh, landed on this configuration. You've heard us play some tracks off of it. Uh, it, it is, uh, it's out on Blight, and you know they're doing great work. I think this is uh, maybe the pinnacle of their release season, if you will. And it's just an album that, that fucking jams, and it's an album that jams while taking on stuff like gender identity, gender fluidity, uh, just being um, what it means to be good in the world, what it means to have faith in the world. It is, uh, it's a remarkable feat. It's one of my favorite albums of the year, um, and it's not because I am a sucker for like late 80s, early 90s uh, synth rock. Uh, I mean, that's part of the reason, but it is because um, these two people... Uh, that I've known for quite a while, got together and just uh, made some astounding art. So that's what we're going to be doing. Um, and, uh, and then at the back end of this, if you hang around, just to keep showing Blight a little love and keep it in the family there, uh, Luna Honey is a band that Benjamin Schur, the, the, the gentleman who runs Blight, uh, his new band is coming out. I think the album's out in July. We have a new track that they just released the other day called Evolution, and you're going to get to hear that, and it is, uh, it's a wild ride much like this entire episode. So if you guys are ready, let's uh, let's head on down to the basement and talk to Johnny Fantastic about, well, pretty much everything, guys. Cool. We're going to talk about the album. That's, that's something good to talk about. I mean, that is something good to talk yeah. about. There is... Uh, what's your actual last name? I know you use Johnny Fantastic. Uh, Delascio. Delascio. Yeah. Okay. Italian? That, yes. Italian. Excellent. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have talked, like, we've met in, like, social circles, like, at shows and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to get you on for damn near three years now. Basically, when we went to Iceland, and you said something like, oh, I've been to Iceland. I know Iceland. And I'm like, yes. Somebody who knows Iceland. <laughs> but, I know Iceland even better now. Do you? Yeah. Well, my uh, interactions with Bernson over the past two days have been pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we performed with them at our album oh, release right. show. That's right. Yeah. How was that? That was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, Bernson is, Bernson is one man named David. Yeah. Davith. And Davith is, a just a Goliath human being with a big, rip, bushy red beard <laughs> who kind of sings so, like, hey! so indistinguishable from a lot of people in Iceland. Right. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's like, I am Icelandic giant. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, how did you, you, you met him over there? No. Um, BYT asked me to interview them last year. What? Yeah. Yeah. And so it was just like, hey, you're in Iceland. So I hit them up again when they came back to the US and uh, we invited them to play a show with us. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and, and for those listening, the band we're talking about here is uh, Stronger Sex. Yes. This is, uh, we're going to go a lot of different places with this. First of all, uh, get this out of the way. Uh, two things. The album was fucking amazing. This is, as, Why, a, as, a, as a child of the 80s, a true child of the 80s, mm-hmm. like I'm going to be 46 this year. So right. that was peak, like right. me. Uh, this is like all, it sounds like all the underground stuff that like, you didn't quite get in like our small town or anything. And then Hell when you yeah. got it, you're like, what the shit is this? What is going on? They're talking about <laughs> stuff and it's danceable. It's like, and it's amazing. But uh, you guys have been on my radar and our radar for quite a long time. Part of it initially was, uh, which is the second thing, your fucking voice, dude. <laughs> I just. If Go you, on. If, yeah. If, if, if you have not. <laughs> Let's heard, see how far we can If take you this. haven't heard, uh, if you're listening, you haven't heard Johnny sing. Uh, it we we don't need Freddie Mercury anymore. It's a good thing because he died. It is. It a is a good. Ago. It's a very good it's thing because he died. But yeah, it is. It is one of the most remarkable voices I've ever heard in pop music. Period. And and like I'm joking about. I'm not joking about Freddie Mercury. Like there, there's a feeling that you can kind of do almost anything with your voice. And over the course of your albums and EPs, you, you kind of have because mm. uh, this started. How long ago did the Stronger Sex start? Uh, it started, uh, about four, four years ago, mm-hmm. I would say, and it morphed from one thing into another for forever and ever and ever. What until, was it? What was it at the beginning? Uh, it was a, I guess it was a studio project, an yeah. electronic studio project that we tried to re-envision as a rock band. <laughs> it was you and, uh, Eric, Eric Slate, Eric Slate. and, um... Uh, Ben Schur was yeah. in that band. Actually, Eric joined that band later, but Adam Orlando was in the band. Oh, okay. And, uh, Rick Irby was in the band. Oh, Jesus, really? Yeah. That was actually a Queen cover band, too, that we <laughs> had as a side It's <laughs> amazing. Business or whatever. So. That's amazing. And and so it started there, and, and you guys have put out a few EPs. From there, it morphed into... I think you were doing that for a little while. Uh, I first actually saw you play... For uh, our friend Andrew Grossman, oh, filling in on bass for North Country. Yes, that was a very exciting, yeah, thing. Yeah, it was just like because he's doing he, he along with you guys and a few other people in town. I think are doing this like weird, exciting stuff that you can touch me like, yeah, I sort of know what that is, but not sure, mm. and I don't want to call it pop because it's like you think pop, you think like uh, Katy Perry, which there's nothing wrong with that. And Samuel's coming down, hey buddy. <laughs> Come on, let's go down. Oh, I see. Um, but uh, you're playing with him, and then uh, you're, uh, for lack of a term, better half in this band, uh, mm-hmm. Leah Gage, who sadly couldn't be here, uh, who plays in Brenda. She yes. played in North Country for a while. Yes, she plays in now. She has a band called Crab Legs. You know, right. you guys are all part of this little scene. But uh, I just remember seeing shows start happening where you were hooking up with her, and then seeing what it became because it was a, a lot more um sonically focused mm. but then I, I remember seeing pictures from a show at dc9 and all of a sudden you guys were playing behind picture frames and there's this whole like visual aesthetic to it yes that is and it's still though i think 
like felt like this is still developing. Mm-hmm. So like when she came, like how did how did she get in to this band besides the obvious? Well, after the rock band, which I would say ended on a a last, we had a last show that I I kind of remember like the sound not being great and it mm. being really loud and my ears bleeding at the end of it and every like subtle soft song that we put together on the album we were playing it like it was the like Drunk slayer you're yeah. just <laughs> destroying and like shredding it and i had this this instinct to quiet it down and yeah. that's when eric entered the picture and said this is an MPC. Uh, I can put Adam, Rick, uh, Ben, and you know everybody into this MPC. An MPC is just a sampler, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just a thing with a bunch of pads, and you put different samples on it. And Ben sure was like, he was riding that hobby horse the entire time, like go yeah. back to doing electronic. Go, to, and I was like, how can you do electronic live? Like as, and not, I mean, yeah, as if I were like homeschooled my entire life, like. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, uh, there are people who play live electronic music. I don't know right. what the disconnect was there. And that's how we formed the electronic group. Well, a few months later, I was at the Bathtub Republic sitting mm-hmm. at a piano bench with Leia. And we uh, we were just playing some Billy Joel songs or something ridiculous and doing harmonies and having fun and laughing. And I kind of just turned to her in this very Hollywood moment <laughs> where everything seemed to go silent and said do you want to join stronger sex and she just lit up and was like yes (laughs) and that weekend she learned how to use a drum machine that she'd never ever used i mean she's a drummer machines normally yeah she hadn't used any gear yeah she learned how to use an electribe in one week's time and we performed at church night three songs (laughs) including she drives me crazy. Oh <laughs> and Eric got the sample from the song of the drums. It was mm. oh, it was like very professional. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, so that was her indoctrination. Nice. And then from there, I mean, I know you guys started then working eventually on this full length that's out right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I know part of your show, part of uh, Bath, uh, part of the whole scene here in DC, and part of this is a lot about this. Not just art; it's about like equality and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of the thing, big thing with Stronger Sex has to do with, I mean, the name itself. It's just it's a lot about like gender fluidity and what the, right. what like all of that means. And and mm-hmm. for you in doing a project like this, um, because it's clear that you wanted to put that into this, right? This isn't this isn't an accident. No, and. You obviously, because you've been a musician for a while, know that there's a way to do it that can really just suck. <laughs> you, right. know, you can be like, no, you got to be like this. or You got to think, open your mind. And, and you avoid all of that doing that. So like when you were thinking about doing that, what was your first, like, what's the mission of a song? Uh, or even like, and this has nothing to do with, a little bit to do with, but even a song like Girl Town Strut. Ah. It's not anyone's fault. It's just conditioning. I see you just give me a pass. Hey, baby. You are looking good. Why don't you talk to me? Hey, can I get your number? You want to hang out later? <laughs> 
Like you're talking about, and that you're talking about just like men suck. <laughs> well, um, I guess I'm not uh, talking about all men sucking or men. Well, men. toxic masculinity. How about that? Sure. I'm I'm talking about um, that song is about me beginning to dress up in female clothing what? and going out on the street and experiencing harassment. Not for the very first time, but for the first time experiencing walking down the street and anticipating potential harassment at any time. Right. And experiencing it at times. Um, and as soon as that started happening to me, I felt like that combined with the stories that were being shared during the Me Too movement yeah, um, created a picture for me of what women experience in a way that I hadn't previously understood. And, um, that song was an expression (laughs) of the the experiencing harassment for the first time. And and when did you start like dressing up as a woman or like switching back and forth, dressing as a woman? It's difficult to say because, um, I didn't start regularly dressing in, I mean, I don't regularly dress up in, women's or men's clothing anyway but i started regularly mm, using gender as a way to explore fashion okay like let's pair up this female item with this male item or something or let's let's go full female or dress male and see how different identities look um that was probably a about a year and a half or two years ago when I really fully started doing it. But I've been doing it to right. some capacity my whole life. It's just it never became part of my everyday identity until more recently. And do you do you identify like one way or the other? Do you like how do you identify? I don't identify at all. Right. Which, I, yeah. which is the point of the album, actually. Right. A, a lot of the point of the album, I think, which is what is masterful <laughs> of it, is like it is uh when I listen to it, it's a lot of um uh, like I didn't, I didn't, I thought that because Leia sings the song, mm-hmm. so it never even occurred to me. Even well, I see some of it. it. Yeah, it never occurred to me. She does the rap, the blondie right. part. Yeah, uh, and, uh, and and it just uh, it, it didn't occur to me that that was like that, and it's just because whatever. That's right. how. Well, that that was um, also a secret way to give Leia the opportunity at every ensuing stronger sex show to get a mic and start screaming. Right harassment terms <laughs> so she could excise the right. demons of yeah it, it feels really good to do that it does so it helped that helps that the song was specifically engineered that way for and it leia's benefit it's it's when you hear this thing it's you know you deal with uh depression and stuff uh you deal with sean barna which we're talking about <laughs> those things are very equi- <laughs> almost the same thing yeah, almost the same thing right. <laughs> um uh, uh but you know you there's an immediate uh, feeling that this, uh, the role of identity and how we process stuff is stripped away from all this. So you're really just talking about like basic human problems, which at the end of the day, that's all this is. You know, you have shitty men, you have shitty women. It's like people just in general can be shitty. And for this to be like your first, first necessary full length and stuff, it, and pair it with the, I guess the pop sensibilities you have. I played Hassle for a friend of mine and he was like, oh no. 
So perfectly executed, but then <laughs> you you start thinking about what you're saying, and uh, and it's and it strips the listener of identity in like a best way. In in a way, I haven't heard many albums do. In fact, I can't. I was trying to think of any album that does that, and I'm like, no. Like a lot of them are preaching, a lot of them are are saying this, this, and like championing this, and you right. seem to be doing that by just making it dissolve. I guess there's an element to me that's always been actually weirdly kind of conservative in a lot of ways sure. in the sense that i i don't always take the bernie sanders approach to everything right i'm i i come from a a, a family that has experience in business diplomacy and things like that yeah. and um i wanted to well i can give you a story actually i was walking home one day mm-hmm. and i was uh, called a nasty white faggot by a guy walking up the street. Um, the white was fair, but the rest of it was <laughs> really rude. So <laughs> I was like, that, that's fair. Okay, yeah, sure. But the rest, come on. So I got home and I wrote this really aggressive song. Um, was it as aggressive as straight motherfuckers? It was in the straight motherfuckers okay. realm. I mean, nowhere near as right. aggressive because I don't have that in me. Yep. But um, <laughs> I ended up scrapping it and re and, and I mean, it was like I'm gonna put you in a chokehold. I mean, it was like really aggressive right. shit. Right. And I sh- I remember I showed it to Leia and Leia seemed kind of freaked out by it. So I went back to the drawing table and I wrote "Pass." Okay. The yeah. last song on the yeah. record. Yeah. Which is much more about. Imagine what kind of neighborhood we could have if we all treated each other with respect and didn't right. see each other by our identities, but by our humanity. And yeah, yeah, it's interesting because, like, I, I feel like, um, especially in Washington D.C., mm-hmm. like if we're like white males or however you want to identify, like, there's a certain level of privilege. So right. it could be people like whatever you got called a name and stuff, but. Again, the album speaks to the larger point of and exactly that. Like, what if what if you didn't? Mm. I don't I don't know that you really explore uh, at least on this release too much of of the deep psychology of that. Just mm. being like, uh, it's almost like a a weird like internal call and response, right? Of like you you hear you can hear what somebody says and then hear your thing. The uh, unhassle like there's a line that I'm still trying to. Maybe you can illuminate this. Like you've got a lot of nerve trying to force me into a relationship, right? Like that's a weird. Uh, and again, to me, it feels like a toxically male thing. Oh yeah. Like and and a, a man like gaslighting somebody and and it, maybe not to abuse yet to physical abuse, mm-hmm. but still like 
that guy. Right. It it kind of um it instead of using the um extreme or hyperbolic or vivid imagery of like a a scene of actual abuse, I feel like that line just sort of makes a very general comment about mm-hmm. the way that men act in relationships right. Right. and the way that men the role, the way that men see women in in relationships yeah. if if it's a straight relationship yeah, yeah. it doesn't have to be actually i want to say it doesn't have to be a straight relationship just right, because it's male and female yeah. bodied people but, but we can we can right. speak in terms of like historically sure the general like cis like relationship right like those those norms those mores and how that exists and stuff because like those can certainly exist in other kind of relationships right right uh, but uh, but I would say uh, us cis dudes have cornered the market on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, I right. mean, it's just. Um, but uh, yeah, it's. I mean, again, the whole album. I hear that, and I and I hear this like statement that I think maybe could only happen in DC. Like I don't hear other artists doing this. If you know other artists that are doing it, maybe. Maybe in Minneapolis, you think there could be a record called "There Is No Stronger Sex." You think? Well, my friend Nikki Steves does. Um, that's that's their Facebook name, but <laughs> Nikki Steves. They do this uh, solo project, or I guess it's a band now called City Counselor, and every song is about the most nuanced political. <laughs> song. they'll be like, "This song is about climate change." Or, this, this song is, is about the Iran deal. This that that is, that is that is the promise of like it's not even DIY. It's some nerd subsection of DIY <laughs> yeah. where people can really get that and they get it out in like a hardcore song or something like. Oh that. yeah, which definitely. is which is fantastic. And um, that's a big part of this area. So too. so you guys uh, just completed a tour. When you're going around, um, you are plugged into like the network, the DIY network that is sort of. Uh, DC in the past few years has kind of become a hub. Mm. I mean, it's clearly not the first, it's not the only place this exists, but there's a lot of been groundwork been laid. So stuff comes through and you can go to other places. How are people receiving this? Say you just played, uh, didn't you play Atlanta? Um, or, we played in Athens. Athens. Oh, you played in Athens. Oh, yes. Well, I know how people would receive it. There. Right. Yeah. They <laughs> were fine like, with it. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when you're going out and taking us out on tour, like do people, um, come thinking they're going to see a band that is just going to play these pop tunes because it's like, oh, it's synth rock and this, or they, or they know what they're in for and are, and even if they aren't, they're like pleasantly surprised. Seems like the name of the band by itself mm-hmm. often attracts enough of the right kind of people. Yeah, and I don't know, maybe some. Maybe at some someday we'll have a problem with like a ton of men's rights activists showing up thinking <laughs> that stronger sex is something else. But right. I feel like the moment that we appear on stage, uh, that mixed with the title of the band, it seems to like the people get the joke immediately. I feel like right, right. you know, yeah, and that's yeah. I'm glad that for that. <laughs> it's cool that you played Athens because that's where there's a lot of like uh, deep down in this DNA. There's a lot of pylon. And then yeah, a lot of old Athens. I mean, that whole right. Athens scene, B-52s. like right, yeah, right up to REM. Right, uh, everything underneath it was Love Tractor. Yeah, I don't know if you remember them. Um, was going on, and it's just a sound that we haven't seen for a long time, and I'm seeing it now. There's a couple other bands that I'm seeing it in. One of them from here, a uh, Flasher, 
Oh, that band. Yeah. yeah. Like they have this sound that is just so, I say it again as an old guy. It's just so like, wow, that was really the shit in the eighties when I was a kid. <laughs> and I'm glad that somebody's making that music again. Yeah. When, when the, I, I know they're young and they have really no way except for Spotify or something digging back through it to find it. Um, so like, that's actually, I mean, well, the eighties was very future oriented. Don't you think? Absolutely. Don't you think today is future oriented well, as well? I, Yes, like space exploration, <laughs> space force, sci-fi, space force. I'm, I'm, I can't wait for space force. Space force is gonna be amazing. space force two is space, apparently yeah. really good. Is so. that space force harder? Yeah. <laughs> as long as it can go on, as long as the Fast and Furious ser- series were okay. Oh, yeah. Um The '80s were weirdly, um, yeah, and uh, I mean, here's why synth rock works, uh, and I don't think it's worked for a while because we've had. Uh, this is a good transition to talk about sort of the DC scene a little bit. We've had in DC going on for a while uh, uh, pockets of synth rock, mm-hmm. right? Uh, some of them bigger, some of them smaller. Like Gems is one that like just sort of went up. And um, what's, right. the, what's the other one that used to be Walking Sticks? Oh, um, Shade. Shade. Yeah. Yes. We've had stuff like that. And and what I've always found, and not to throw sorry shade on any of these bands but (laughs) what i've always found is that people didn't necessarily get what that synth rock in the 80s was about because if you go back now and listen to literally anything and i mean including the cure disintegration that's just layering if you listen to the timber of the synth it's complete ass it's just this dumb sound because they didn't have anything like that before you couldn't do anything like it was you dial in these weird sound, sine waves and the sawtooth or whatever you want to use. And so the focus was actually on writing the songs. Right. Instead of like building that atmosphere. And I think that slipped a little. And I think in you guys and some other people, uh, I'm seeing it come back around. Yeah. But you guys are using samplers to do that too, right? Well, there's samplers in there. Yeah. There's synthesizers, drum machines. Are you, are you any organic instruments? I don't think we did anything organic on this record. No? If I, Interesting. Yeah. We did on the previous records. Is that conscious choice or is that just didn't didn't feel like you needed it? I think we felt like in on this particular album, it would be interesting to hear what we sound like when you see us live. Okay. And so... Because it's just you two. Yes. So we tried to create in the studio as accurate of a picture of what it is that the two of us actually do. Right. So that kind of excluded real instruments. And I also, um, when you're in the electronic zone, it's some, it's, it's kind of different. You're in this different headspace and uh, to like lug a, a, a cello player into the studio right. and, and try to mic that. It can be very right. frustrating. And <laughs> sometimes it doesn't phase well with the right. instruments. And it's like, when I you know. when I talked to Andrew about that though I mentioned synths and uh, and his friend your friend too Alex Tablath is right. really into that with Black Lodge she's into the modular stuff right are you guys using modular at all or not, not yet, yet but not I've yet. been starting See, to learn all, about it all you kids are like yeah. <laughs> yeah it's cool but but and he was his statement was because he's a fantastic guitar player amongst right. other things and he was he said well the reason I'm into this is because it's it's like layers of tone that I've never like thought about with a guitar. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that is that what your primary draw to this stuff is, or is it layers just like, of tone sounds too much like something a guitarist would say? Yes, it, does. <laughs> it, it, it absolutely does. But it's like 
but you're a multi-instrumentalist right, right? You can, i do you, play guitar yeah, you can do all that yeah. so yeah but it, it is a <laughs> it is a question of like you know if you just started messing with this stuff a few years ago like is uh-huh. it still that like fascination like ooh, what does this do what does this do and how you make something out of that oh definitely right and one of the cool things about being an electronic musician and playing on bills with other electronic bands is that each band brings a bunch of stuff to the table that Mm -hmm. you don't have in your kit, so to speak. So you basically going to a show is half an experience of going to a show and half getting to check out some new gear that that you've like maybe saw a video online or something. You're like, Oh, like you have the octo track. Wow, I've been thinking about getting that. Right, 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 right. Oh, I'm going to watch you perform. Wow, I like what you did with that octo track. Cause, that thing is pretty cool. Because for guitar players, it's just, it's. I mean, it's not like, whoa, you got an Earthquaker pedal. It's all just like, oh, you got a distortion pedal. Sweet. I've right. got eight. Yeah, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> exactly. And, and it doesn't do as much stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and like that fascinates So I actually got a little, uh, um, and probably influenced from talking to all you guys a little bit, uh, a little rolly pad. Mm. Okay, so I I I'm mediocre drummer, uh, classically trained, and all this other stuff though. But like m- my rhythm is not certainly not traditional, but it's not it's just not developed. And I was like, well, if I want to be doing this stuff, I have to start messing around with these other technologies. And this right. thing, I'll show it to you after the podcast. It's just a it's essentially a little MIDI controller. It Bluetooths into your phone, and then you can actually mm-hmm. like throw it right into Ableton or whatever you want to do. And you, and you, huh. it's it's very limiting, which I I originally was hating on, but uh, now it's it's interesting because it's forced me to like think in different ways. I've never thought like in a loose loop based culture, right? Because I like jazz. Like, why would you like you get, that note is going to be different eight measures down? You know, right. in the same and but it, there's something to it that is hypnotic and makes you feel like it makes me at least feel like a complete. Like the way I nerded out on music when I was a kid, the way right. when I first started playing stuff, like I have to discover this, and like stuff I would never do. That's just fucking. It's just fucking funny because it's so dumb. You know, when you're playing shit that sounds like bad '70s sci-fi soundtracks, uh-huh. yeah, like, nobody wants to hear that shit out of my basement. <laughs> but but you're tripping out on fuck it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, like, I play it for the lady, and she's like, no, <laughs> no. Uh, well, yeah. you know, keep trying. <laughs> yeah, keep trying. Um, I, I find that, um, what I like about the electronic instruments is that they have the power to manifest these dreams that I have. Yeah. You know, I mean, but what about putting those into, I guess, what about that doesn't work in as far as like then taking and putting it with traditional instruments. I'm not saying you should. Oh, it it works very well. Okay. I mean, we've done things with guitar players live. Uh, We had Eduardo come in one Mm -hmm. time and just play a show with us. He didn't even know the songs. We just were like, Eduardo's cool. He'll be fine. Yeah, right. And he did some atmospheric, ambient stuff. He caught melodies in what we were playing and added some. It was really pretty and atmospheric. Um. So I don't think that they're excluded, um, and I think maybe in the future you'll hear some more li- some more real instruments, You'd be like, stronger sax. But you may hear them as samples. <laughs> you may hear them as samples. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that would make sense. It, yeah, I guess it's always in writing the songs. 
or even just performing music, it's always that. I mean, the the win and the struggle is to get what's inside your head out, right? Right. Like, and you can't ever explain it to anybody, right? Until it's out, and that's why. Well, that's why we review albums because, like, we have artists we like, and they put out stuff, and like sometimes they they hit it, they nail it out of the park, and you know it, you can feel it. It's not even like that is objectively a great written song. It's like you, oh, okay, and you can feel like the artist's heart in that, and then sometimes more often than not they don't <laughs> like that's, we've got a lot of music out there where people are just like doing it which is just mm-hmm. as good right? right because it's people going out and expressing themselves and whatever you know i mean think and about- they may and they may be just what somebody needs who isn't you you know yeah like you may listen to it and go exactly that's what i don't I get say. it yeah but somebody else might yeah yeah this idea that we need to get everything right you know, <laughs> We don't. You're I, not going to get everything. Well, you're not going to get because if you you need to not get something to get something, I guess. Like yeah, when I'm sitting <laughs> when I'm sitting down with somebody and they start listing off this like huge litany of like all these artists they know in this genre and stuff, I'm like, mm. I don't know. Just tell me one that's good, man. Right. Just give me yeah. one, and then I'll <laughs> fucking like dig from there. Uh, because mm-hmm. like knowing those names doesn't do anything if none of them resonate with you. No, and it it um it often creates a situation. Where I start to feel physically tired from the sound of someone's voice. <laughs> <laughs> Just naming bands. And it's tough like uh, it is Johnny on uh, the podcast. <laughs> no, I mean, it's really, it, I mean, it gets, it can be really exhausting. Especially right. if you've cracked a few PBRs and it's late in the night and there's a loud band playing and someone's shouting these bands that they recommend mm-hmm. in your ear. Um I just start to kind of fall asleep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Same. Same. Especially if I'm there for a band. It's like, no, right. man, I'm, I'm here. I'm here for that. Right. Just fucking calm down. I'm here for the transcendence. Yes. Yeah. You know? Exactly. The spiritual, religious experience. Exactly. The community experience. And if you can, and, and uh, you are one of the bands, I think I've said this about eight times on the podcast, like in DC, maybe the only DC band in the DIY scene that I haven't seen. And it's oh. killing me. I know. I know. <laughs> Every time you guys play a show, I'm like, I'm going. And then something comes up. I'm like, fuck. I know. I saw you put, you uh, comment when we posted the show. Right. You were going to be out of right. town. Right. Last time, and last time you played Comet Ping Pong. Like, Comet right. Ping Pong for an old dude on a, any night is right. like, like, what time did you go, go on? Like, 1230? Uh, 11. Oh, 20. Really? Yeah. Okay. There's only three bands. And you we put. Only three bands. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Starting at 10. <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah so yeah and you guys are out on blight records which you, we've had been down here uh-huh um you've put out a few stuff uh when you were thinking about putting this out and when you were making these songs i guess what's your attitude towards uh sort of the music industry in general like what space are you stepping into and what, what do you have no what do you more like where where would you hope this fits in for you guys. Well, I almost feel like an armchair pundit when I talk about the music industry. Sure, go ahead. Um, that is exactly what we do down there. <laughs> That's what podcasts are for. Yes. Um, well, this is a couch, so couch yeah. punditry here. Um, I think that the... I don't really... I don't know if I have a manifesto about the uh, music industry in general, but I do think there's something special to the story of uh two people like Leia and I having this band and traveling around the country yeah. and uh expressing our truth um we we're kind of like 
we're here, we're queer, we come in peace. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's like not yeah. we're here, we're queer, get used to it or yeah, something. Yeah. It's more like um, we we go to some places that are conservative. We go to places that we're the only queer in- people at the show. What's that? Intentionally? You, you like target um, it like, okay, this is going to be more conservative than we would normally go. So We don't necessarily know that. But you don't it, know that? Okay. It, yeah. it becomes apparent. And we, we get treated with respect and love by those people. And, right. You know, sometimes we look out and it's... Have you been like, to Lynchburg? No. I probably would not go to Lynchburg. That sounds frightening. It's Jerry Falwell Town. Oh, well. Yeah. I grew up in the church, so I know all about okay. Jerry. Um, but... Yeah, we go to places that are more conservative. We go to we play on bills where we're the only queer act. Right. Sometimes people come up to us after a show and say, "Hey, I'm the only queer person in town," or something, or the only queer person I know, or our queer community is small here, and uh, we're so happy that you came to, um, you know, Denton or what? Well, Denton has some. A lot of stuff, but Denver, we're so Texas? yeah, we're so happy you came to Provo, Utah. Right, like we don't see that normally, and y'all were nice and respectful, and like your music was from the heart. So right, right, we don't right, know right. about all that queerness, but we're not gonna be we're not gonna be so hateful. Maybe that seems like two things. One, <laughs> one of the things that uh, you know. Uh, I didn't use the word activism in talking about your album, but I, I know both you and Leia are so definitely like identify as activists a little bit. I wonder. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if, but, if but I in can. That, but in that mode, like it's almost like you are, uh, again, because the album doesn't necessarily hit you over the head with all this, mm-hmm. but when you show up, like it's, it's clear and people know, it's like, okay, that, that like, there's so much value in representation, even if it's only one person. Yeah. So much value in that, and but so many people are afraid to go like represent, right? You know, because in many cases, still you can be in physical danger. Sure, like it's in some communities, and so just the act of you guys showing up, you you could show up and like just fart into a mic for an hour, but the fact that you show I think up, that would offend everybody, and then you think? it would push the queer movement back. <laughs> hey, Allen's still got a huge fan. Oh, base. okay, yeah. <laughs> Okay, again, I said I'm not a revolutionary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, just showing up. Uh, but also I wonder if, if that is, you know, in going into those areas, especially uh, once you find out, and that's sort of why I was wondering if, if you targeted that. You know, you said you grew up in the church, you know. Yes. And y- y- take whatever you want from the church. Like, I grew up around Falwell. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not religious in the least, but uh, I could tell you how all that works now. Right. You know, and... And obviously, it's not it's it's not an ineffective way of disseminating a message, mm-hmm. you know, preaching to people and and showing up and having these missions and stuff, which you know, activism like that can be kind of like that, right? I mean, would you would you say? I mean, do you, are you drawing from that a little bit? I mean, are you religious now? Um, I think that religion has played such a huge role in my life that. Right. I find that the way I act reflects religion in ways that I don't even realize. Yeah. But I hold scientific rational positions on okay. things like, is there a God? I, I'm on the, in the agnostic camp. And, yeah. You know, but I, I, I recognize that those ideas really have a strong hold on me at the same time. Catholic? 
Uh, Protestant, Protestant, Baptist, actually. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I used to preach and um, oh, oh. play uh, in worship teams and witness. And a lot of those tools actually come in handy yeah. in terms of, like, explaining how I got to this point where I'm traveling around the country and trying to teach people or show people images of queerness that are empowering through right electronic music right right it's almost i mean look it's time that those methods be applied to something better right because clearly most of the church is like they're, they're not cool with that <laughs> well yeah <laughs> i mean i mean that's, and that's a problem <laughs> i mean that's against that's against like the literal teachings of the church uh if you follow it down that road but um but yeah that I, I yeah I just saw how, uh, the but the, the 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 thing is that um, it's a question of what you want to emphasize in the teachings of the church. If you want to like, that is if true. you want to make a big fuss about one line in in the Old Testament over the general idea of like why being kind matters, and let's why, blanket it with with yeah. American Christianity, maybe Southern American right. Christianity, or the prosperity gospel, yes, crowd. <laughs> yeah, stuff like right. that. Yeah, it, and it blows my mind because uh, you know that town where I was from is still like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, uh, I know there's relatives like we're not married, and they're mad that we're not married. I'm like, what are you even talking right. about? <laughs> yeah, like what is that? Yeah, um, it's it's bizarre, and that's I'm, so benign, right? Right. It's, but it's like, okay, like I, how do you go through your day? Like you don't have more things to worry about. That's fine if that's your what you do, <laughs> but I think you know if you can. If you can divorce yourself from, uh, from how people interpret the message and look at like teachings and methods like that, mm-hmm. it does open up like how you can see the world. I think, and because a lot of it is just like kind of rational thought, right? You know? It's it it seems like it should be rational thought to conclude that you are one person you don't know everything yeah your certitude about things is not always based on solid rock right and you should be open to giving people a chance to speak their mind and be who they are and uh empathize with that fact yeah in your interactions with them yeah and instead we get like yeah you don't know everything and there's this great big guy and this guy is gonna kill you <laughs> well the yeah i call him big beardo yeah uh yeah. i'm like i'm i'm still religious in a way or spiritual maybe but i don't believe in big beardo that's, good. that's, a, that's a good way to put it that's maybe transcendent it. consciousness is possible uh, but you know well i mean you could definitely uh you could i mean you could find a religion i think in iceland yeah some of the landscape there so like if the volcanoes yeah. the way they like or like you, York even, certainly it, has yeah, you know. Yes, yes. Like, but uh, even like uh, it's from uh, Reykjavik to uh, Vik, like the the road. Mm-hmm. How the lava fields? Oh, to, over. from Keflavik to Reykjavik, the airport. No, no, Reykjavik to Vik. If you're going out oh. Route One all the way around. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yes. Um. And uh. And then uh. What's Hofsted? I think is which is where the Black Sands are. Uh huh. Uh, you you stop and it looks like some weird planet, but you're here on on the earth you know and even a picture doesn't do it justice it just and it completely like flips and then when we went it flips this thing in your mind where you're like oh shit is like a lot weirder 
They never <laughs> thought it was, sure. and that's cool. And then how do you, then do you like just explore all of it, or do you like just get in bites? You know, we could have we landed in a um in a town because we did. There's a thing you can do in Iceland, which you know, but listeners might not. Uh, you drive the ring road, right? And so it's just one road goes all the way around the island. Is exactly as sold. It is a ring. Along that way, you can go inland to volcanoes, you can to glaciers, or you can just stop in the towns. It runs along the coast. Uh, we ended up in this place. Uh, I'd never say it right, but it's called Sevastopol. And uh, fjord, 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 was fjord. The last yeah, part. yeah, yeah, fjord. Um, and it's on the it's on the western, I mean, eastern coast, uh-huh. and it's in a fjord. Uh, and in this town, there was a bar, a lake with a little. Uh, with houses around it, and then an arts academy where people mm. from all over Europe came to this place that we almost died getting to right. because we took the long road or the the, the wrong road. Um, and the arts academy is also a pizza place and also the bar. Well, yeah, you're right. They right. only have a limited space. But what was there. wild about it <laughs> was how, in contrast to like say what we do here in DC a lot, is how it was so. Uh, communal and everybody in this very small community was completely invested in that yes like the i mean there was kids coming in but they were like yeah here's some like schnapps like do whatever it's yeah. amazing yeah, yeah it was amazing and and it's uh you know if you can go i know our photographer mauricio has been like uh you've been over there i've been on the west coast i haven't made you've it been on the, the west coast, coast oh. yet yeah i'm dying yeah time uh, to go and then a curry up north is just I don't even know what that's about. I know. Like, I have to go back again. I think the first time we went, I was pretty broke. And we spent most of our time in Reykjavik. But we did go to Akureyri. And we... Yes. Yeah. I mean, we stopped. We drove up the ring road that yep. way. And stopped in all sorts of places. Yeah. And looked at stuff. And it was great. Yeah. It's a, it's a magical place. And yes. and so you can go someplace that and see, uh, I think, uh, back to what we are talking about loosely, like, that spirituality, I think. Mm. And you can find it there. Because I, I think if you, whether it's through music, whether it's what how, art, however you got to find it, it is kind of weird if somebody is like completely unmoored. In fact, it's called being a sociopath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yes, I'm familiar with and, that. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, but I see a lot of people also who are like, yeah, like, fuck the church. And fuck, you know, they're like hardcore atheists or agnostic. Right. And they don't recognize anything. They're just like hard science. And like, well, there's magic in science. Right. Music is science. It's just numbers. It's just math. Right. But when you hear like Sweet Child of Mine, like the guitar solo, it's like you're just like, what just happened to me? And your hair right. stands on end. And like, that's fucking magic. And it's unexplainable. You hit it on this album. Like, oh, the, I mean, the, I'm sure the jam at a, at a hassle, like Eduardo was listening to it. He, mm-hmm. was, he was into it. Uh-huh. But then he was like, oh no. Oh, oh. <laughs> and, like, and, 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 and it's, it's so cool to hear somebody, uh, in this DC scene, which I think is, it's growing in fits and spurts. Yeah, but it, uh, and just like anything, like not everybody's gonna make it. I don't even know what making it is. Yeah, so I was asking about like what you expected out of the music industry. Mm. You know, but uh, it's so cool to see somebody do that. So back to that question, then. I mean, you guys haven't? Did you hire PR or anything? We have, yeah, you we have? have PR. So you guys are going the traditional route to try to get this out. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. I I feel like we made the record and 
we don't have the tools to make sure that people who would want to hear it right. and enjoy it get to even hear about it. So we cobbled together our money and paid for those PR. now. Now this is a question I, I um, so I obviously talked to a lot of people about the DC scene. Uh -huh. Do you think those tools exist in DC? Well, I think that I, I, I wonder what some of the more successful bands in DC would say about that. Right. I, I wonder what thievery does or who right. thievery works with. I wonder what, right. You know, or what the, what the stepping, what the step ladder was for them to get, did they, was there ever a moment where they used anything in DC or did they just go straight to right. New York for whatever right. their needs? Right. I, I don't, I mean, the closest thing that this band's ever had to a label is blight records mm -hmm. and blight is still very primordial. And um, yeah, but Ben is, and we were talking about this with him. He is, I mean, it's been around for almost as long as the site. So like six, seven years. Right. So I've tracked like what they've been doing and seen, like your early releases, uh, Crushing Pain, stuff like that. Bro. Sure. And it just seems in the past like year, year and a half, that Ben hit his stride as far sure. as making all this work. Um, and it was something that I, I think, because there's a lot of people who have labels in DC. I mean, there's one famous one, but neither here nor there. Right. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> but as far as the ones that aren't famous, like it, it, it seems to sort of work and not mainly because of the output. Right. That's coming out of it. The uh the sure. the Luna Honey track uh band that he's doing like that's it's amazing. You well guys... that's the thing about Blight is you'll you'll never get something out of Blight that wasn't at least worth a listen. Yeah. You know, even if it's not your thing and you're like, I'm not gonna get into this particular Blight band, it still was worth your time to listen to it once because right. it has something to a value, which in is it. a lot more you can say about a lot of stuff. Right? Um, you know, we're inundated with music, but again, that's great. Anybody can make anything and they can get it out there, but uh, it's still uh, people look for the good stuff, right. right? Whether it's looking here or whether it's looking like outside DC. Um, and Ben's such a like a true believer that yeah, it adds a element of sincerity to all the releases because yeah. they're curated by someone who really is driven by the it's clear that ben is still driven by the thing that dro was driving him when he was 14 and dreaming about buying his first guitar or yeah he just wants to do music right and, the, and the, that's all he wants to do and, he, and, and that he, will never and change has, and that and those are the people that end up i think changing things for the better because he he wants to do music and instead of going around and like necessarily complaining about stuff or like oh the music industry sucks well he stuff. does plenty of that too he, he, does, he does it <laughs> especially well, when i'm around yeah, yeah. You, you can't you can't not in 2018 right. but there's <laughs> a difference between uh doing that and then sitting on your hands and then right like criticism is fine mm -hmm. you know and you can look at something and 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 uh be subjective about it and be like that sucks right this is why as long as you're open to somebody being like oh but wait did you see this little part of it and then they're like, oh, but he does that and he does the work and he's bringing all this like great music into town that, I mean, we, we've needed it. Yeah. Um, it's a weird town. Like, why, why are you in DC, for example? Um, I lived in Japan for a little while nice. and after I decided to come back 
to the United States. I went to Florida and lived with my parents for about three months. And I was just about to get a job down there when my sister called and said, hey, I won an award um, and I'm getting to meet the Secretary of Commerce. Do you want to come see me get this award? So we flew up and then I caught my sister in a corner and said, can I sleep on your couch? <laughs> can I stay here? And, uh, your sister was yeah. in Loyloy, right? Yes. Yes. And she's like, sure, you can stay here. And um, I found a job in, a, in, a, in an apartment within a month. And that be, that was 2010. So What were you doing in Japan? I taught English for oh. about two and a half years. Nice. Yeah. Through, through any organization or you just go? Uh, Interact. Interact. It's a Canadian company. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Nice. Is that what you're doing here now? Outside of music? Or no, just... I walk dogs now. Fuck yes. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah I, you know what? I knew that. Yeah. Like you and Leia, uh, Tony Pareko, I think, was doing Tony it. Tony does it. Yeah. A few people do it. Bring them all up here, man. It's it's a great job. I mean, you spend all day with a bunch of furry buddies that love you. and Yeah. It, you know, There's what's... absolutely nothing wrong. Our, our friend right. Ginger is a vet now. But she's in charge. She's down in uh, North Carolina, and she's in charge of the uh, kitten program. Oh, and if you you can't go on like Facebook or anything, it's just like video after video after video of her dumping out boxes of kittens. Oh my god! And you're just like, and this this is her day. Wow. She has to like fix them. She has to get them well. She takes them home uh, to foster them if they're sick, and it's just like it's crazy. And so, wow. Yeah, and and you know. As animal lovers, it's just like you you don't really need anything else in your life. She's like, Nope, this is this is all I'm doing. It's really great. And I, I love talking to animals. I love Yeah. I love saying something to an animal and then having it look at me with this blank <laughs> stare because I can't understand English. And I just find that really funny. Samuel who you met and I think he learned this from uh, our other cat Gus. Uh I, I made a habit and when we get kittens um, we're in sort of round two now. Uh-huh. Round two when I moved to DC, uh, and Gizmo and Gus are the second round. But uh, I talked to Gus a lot when he was a kitten, and right. like had these dumb conversations. And people look at it like, "What are you doing, dude?" Well, now I can like look at him and talk to him, and he responds. And Samuel is starting to do that, and neither of us know what the fuck either is saying, but it doesn't matter because we're just like, "Cool, man." And they'll go up to people and like talk to people. Gizmo is a weird one because he can tell time. And when it's snack time, we'll come and punch you in the face. Which no, I thought that was Gizmo. Coming <laughs> <out>. <laughs> like um, tiny, <laughs> yeah, because uh, past their dinner oh. time. But uh, but yeah, I mean, you you can. Um, there is something actually um, weirdly and nerdily magical about that. Just bonding with animals like that. Yeah, uh, it's a big part of um, like dogs have actually, in particular, have become a big part of my life and Leia's life mm-hmm. to the point where. We've now kind of become known as the ultimate dog-friendly band. We sort of, oh my god, when we roll into someone's house and they have a dog, Leia yeah. and I just like go full a hundred percent in on nice. the dog. Just nice. hey, buddy, <laughs> and the people who host us are like really, you know, they're people with dogs are always yeah. saying, "Oh, I'm sorry, I have a dog. I'm sorry for the way my dog's nope. acting. I'm, you know." You might you might see him on the way out. Uh, Riot, the Rottweiler up the street, uh-huh. started off as a tiny puppy, and now he's huge. And 
every, every time I see him, it causes a scene because he's still a puppy in his head. <laughs> and I'm just like, right. He just like jumps all over shit. Oh, man. my I'm gosh. Like, oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm like, no, nah, man. He's like, he's happy. We're all happy. And that's how, you know, you just got to spread like happiness around. If it takes a dog because us humans can't do it, fuck it. Yeah. Like, I'll take it where I can get it. I agree with that. You know, that's that's nothing. Does that mean you guys are going to do like a uh, dog concept album? Well, we did have a cat song. We took a cat's meow and oh, made a true. song out of it. It was on Instagram. <laughs> no. You can see it. it's like 30 seconds of like, like meow the jewels. <laughs> you know, uh, last thing before we get out of here, because we're running up in about an hour. Um, Sean Barna. Knew, now, I knew he'd come up. Yeah. Well, look, you're friends with him. Uh-huh. I'm friends with him. Um, I'm not writing songs about him. So how, like, what, I just want to know how, <laughs> know. how knowing yeah. Sean, knowing, like, all, like, the complexity of Sean, was it just, like, sitting at night, uh, like, fucked up, like, this would be funny, or, or, I don't think it was, because I hear <laughs> right. it, it embodies it Sean. Go and intercept the call of the blind seated behind you. Don't look now, she might find you. Crying to. You don't think so? Well, um, I mean, it, it embodies, it embodies the was, way Sean sees himself in many ways. There, there were two motivations behind that song. One was a lot of my friends' bands, like, had in DC, there was this kind of, I guess you could call it a fad or a trend for bands to name a song after another band in DC. Okay. So I thought it'd be funny to name a song after a solo artist's name. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like, well, who better than Sean? Better than Obviously, Sean. Sean Barda would be the one. But the experience of seeing Sean play live in the wrong place is what inf- <laughs> like influenced that song. I, I exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like seeing him perform his amazing earnest songs and having a couple of drunken bros just chatting over his songs yeah. and be like what is this shit you yep. know like oh god dance and like yep. sean's playing and i got into a fight with them and like then uh they got they ended up leaving and i was like cussing at them as they left and um where was this at bathtub basement holy fuck are you yeah, serious the these, old bathtub in the basement yeah these yeah. dudes just like showed up started like playing on the piano and then they came downstairs <sighs> just when sean was playing they were like what's going on in here and they were like just douchebags yeah. so i was like i'm gonna write a song uh, where you start crying in front of a hot woman because sean barna is playing a beautiful song and that's the yeah that's the song nice i mean when you just the like height of the like what's what would be the biggest thing a cis male douchebag would be afraid of yeah. like crying in front of a gorgeous no. woman while while he's about to hit on her pretty much yeah that point where 
he he just sort of croon his name. It's just I can't stop laughing every time I hear it. But also, and I said this about uh, the band that Andrew played in that they toured with that they're gonna Leia's actually going to do a show with them. Oh, drumming. I see. Um, in that, you know, again, we all like legitimately like love this guy. Right. He's, he's just a good guy. And hearing you do that, it's 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 so funny. But at the same time, you can hear that in your voice. Like you wouldn't be committing to doing that unless it was just very sincere. And like, hey, buddy, it's almost a, it's it's like a musical. That moment in the song is just in itself is just a musical portrait of Sean. It's like the portrait gallery portrait yep. of Sean Barna. Yep, just the beautiful and epic and godly and his name on top of it yep you know that it and he doesn't always um recognize that fact but those of us who love him we see it yeah for sure i gotta let you hear some of uh sissy after we're done with this oh great you'll be fucking you'll be stoked Uh, i think a single's coming out soon can't wait. But uh, thanks for coming back. After years, we finally got this done. I know. I'm so Gotta happy. do it but, again. You, know, you should come back and just talk about music. Sure. We're down here just about every week, uh, and literally we just pick an album and like just hash it out. Great. I would so, love to do so, it with uh, – uh, and if you know if Sean's around or somebody else, oh, yeah. we could all do it as a group or oh, something. Yeah. It would be fun. Yeah. Well, like I say, he was supposed to be here tonight. So we, so we were uh, – the plan was we were going to like make it super awkward. Just talk about the song Sean Barna with uh-huh. Sean Barna there. Oh, <laughs> in in my head, it was a better bit than it really would have been. Right, but, but uh, I'm but sure it would have been good. It would have been pretty good. It would have been pretty good. But uh, the album is "There Is No Stronger Sex." It is out now. Blight Records is amazing. Go and get it. Thank you, Johnny. And uh, yeah, come back with Leia because I, I haven't talked to her in a long time. I definitely will. I will pull her away from the the, the wedding crasher. Indeed, the wedding crash. All right, thanks. Yeah, someday. <laughs> It's early here in my house Think I'll just slip into some heels My love, the feel of heel to floor You feel Johnny Fantastic, ladies and gentlemen, thanks a whole lot for Johnny coming to hang out and uh, talk and be like, open and honest about just everything. It was, it was a that's one of my favorite conversations we had this year, and it, it was just um, you know seeing someone, a person who who is that passionate about not just the art they're making, but also the world they live in and making it better is uh, and and the ways we can make it better um, just by treating each other with basic respect which is what i got a lot out of that conversation uh is uh it's it's good to see uh and saying that like look man not all it's not all about just making that bling although you guys should go out and buy this album and see him on tour and make honestly make stronger sex the biggest band in the world so hopefully he'll be back um and uh and we'll talk about something less weighty we'll talk about i don't know radiohead or some other album we'll see We'll see. Uh, before we get out of here this week, I wanted to I said I was going to play a track from Luna Honey. That's what I'm going to do. This is a 
when Ben was down here, Benjamin Schur was down here talking on our Sounds of DC series, he, he said, okay, I'm going to send you our lineup of what we're doing this year. And this band uh, this is a little bit of Susie and Banshees and Morphine. And I said, uh, fuck yes, brother, I am in. And uh, you should be too. Their album uh, is coming out in July. And uh, I think July 13th, there's a whole thing. But, but the point is, we're going to try to get them down here. In the meantime, I want to get you guys turned on to like this coming down the pipe. Made right here in Washington, D.C. This is Luna Honey with Evolution. So 
Luna Honey Evolution. That is a that's uh, an intense little track. I love it. I love the album. the The album "Peace Will Grind You Down" is going to be out on Friday, July thirteenth, and uh, hopefully we'll have those guys in here to chat about their album and learn more about Blight and see. And look, they're hitting their stride. Um, when uh, when Ben was down here and talked about how. Uh, he's been doing this for as long as we've been doing the site, and this past year or two, it just seems to be all coalescing. And uh, some of my favorite albums, like this and the Stronger Sex album, are coming out of that. So good on them, uh, good on Johnny Fantastic, and good on Luna Honey and everything. But uh, that is it. We are out of here. If you liked what you heard, subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a rating or a message there. Also, Google Play, Mixcloud, Stitcher. Spotify. We're out on Spotify. Uh, you can use whatever podcast app you want. I use the Apple Podcast app. You can use Overcast. You can use Pocket Cast. You can always listen to us on the site at www.chunkyglasses.com where if you go there, you're going to see the remarkable uh, live coverage that we do. We're not just a podcast. We actually like write about tracks. Try to feature that. Get that in your ears. Uh, and also, uh, Matt Condon, Mauricio Castro, and Avery Junius are out there every night covering live shows in the D.C. area and beyond and doing some of, uh, in my humble opinion, the best work in the industry. So so there you have it. That's what we do. A little small operation kicking ass. Uh, and then uh, always listen to our, our podcast and the entire archive of the podcast, all 365 episodes up on Pippa.io. They are our podcast host. You basically go there if you have an idea for a podcast. Uh, you record your podcast, you give them a small monthly fee, and they will make sure your podcast gets out across the world to everywhere, to iTunes, to Google Play, to Spotify, to all that. And uh, and then uh, people, you'll, you'll be connecting. You'll be connecting with people, maybe changing their lives, maybe changing one life. Uh, and that, that sometimes is enough. So Pippa.io, check them out. We love them here. That's it. We're out of here. Coming up uh, at the end of this week, I think we're going to do uh, Stephen Malkmus as a new album. Stephen Malkmus and the Jicks called Sparkle Hard. So we're going to be talking about that. Uh, we have in the pipe uh, recorded one a little while back talking about R.E.M.'s Murmur, an album that is important to all of us here, but important to me. And like, it may be you. It shaped indie rock, college rock, whatever you wanted to call it at the time. Uh, but in short, it's a motherfucker of an album. And so we're going to be talking about that. Also, uh, coming up, towards looking towards June, we have Kaja Bonet. Going to be talking about her album, Child Queen. Phil Cook's new album, uh, People Are My Drug, is going to be at the 1st of June. And in fact, Phil just left the basement here. Had a great conversation with uh, Phil and Eduardo. And it was, uh, as always, you know, he keeps it super posy and it's just uh, it's a magical force of nature. So we're going to be talking about that. And lots of other stuff. And then uh, another installment of our Sean's Washington, D.C. So that's it. That's what we're doing. And uh, hopefully we'll see you guys in a few short days. Until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. See you soon.
<laughs>